This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk, back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Let's Talk Arsenal show. Very happy to be joined uh, by yourselves in the chat box this evening. I'm trying to do more of these 6pm shows as well uh, as the 8am shows, because I know that a lot of our, our Western listeners that aren't awake at 3am at their time in the mornings with the shows would appreciate some extra content. So this is is that, and I'm trying to do some stuff every day now uh, during the weeks as much as possible for those. I can't promise it will be every day, but I'm going to be trying to do it as much as I can. For today's show, I'm going to be joined by a couple of guests. Let's introduce you to them. First of all, it's my former right-hand man at the Arsenal way. It's Bailey. How do you, mate? You good? You well? I'm all good, TC. Thanks for bringing me on. I hope everyone is well in the comment box as well. It's been a while, so it's good to good to be back on. Indeed. No, good to see you, fella. How are things? Yeah, all good on, all good on my side. Arsenal still top of the league, so it's impossible not to be happy at the moment. Hope you're well as well. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Indeed, indeed. Good to see you. Uh, it's also joined uh, by Albert from Albert JTV. How you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Not bad, Tom. It's, it's nice to be back on your channel, mate. It feels like it's been forever. <laughs> I feel like it's a dig, mate. <laughs> no, no, it's not, Tom. I, I could have seen this people in the chat. It's not a dig. I love Tom. He knows the panic that. in his <laughs> voice. The panic. No, I'm only joking, mate. I'm only joking. Um, so, uh, obviously, you may have clicked on today's video and wondered what's Tom admitting he's got wrong this time. Um, this this kind of video is all about that kind of collectively things that we ourselves uh, have got a moment to hold our hands up, if you like, and say, you know what? In reflection, I was wrong about that. And we're going to have a chat about that. So we've all come with uh, with our different thoughts and feelings about uh, what we think we've got wrong. And obviously, we'll explore some of yours as well in the chat box towards the second half of the show. Uh, before we crack on, though, good evening to those joining us. We've got Rancid Stephen, uh, the casual gamer. We've got Peter, Matt. Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, I suppose, is it don't worry about it <laughs> rather than that? Uh, Christopher, stop judging me. Uh, King uh, in the chat as well. Steve, uh, we've got Norgard, Guna Works, Nav. We've got Bakary Lasagna, uh, Jimbo. Uh, and I think I spotted Harry in there as well. I did indeed. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, fella. Good to see you. And I'll be joining Harry tomorrow for a show over on Chronicles of Aguna. So make sure you're subscribed over there if you're not already. Uh, I'm going to start with 
Albert, I think. Uh, tell us in detail what it is you're reflecting on of this season that you had previously thought and now believe you were wrong to kind of think that. Um, I mean, my wrong moment is probably what every Arsenal fan probably thought anyway, but there is a bit of context, as obviously, which I'll get into is, um, well, Arsenal going for a league title race or being in the contention for a league title after such and such a long time. Um, and the reason why I say that, because obviously, when I went to the last game of the season, last season against Everton, um, Tom, it felt like I was going to awake um, for obvious reasons, because of what happened the game before that's in James's Park. So I've got to be honest, coming into this season, I was very concerned. Um, you know, two back-to-back eighth league finishes. It's not that we finished fifth last season. It's the way it ended last season, um, being in a position of strength to cement Champions League football because as probably you, I've verified for you, Tom and Bailey, um, I, I forgot what the Champions League football music sounds like. Um, because it's, it's not last night, mate. If you want to go yeah, tonight, yeah. As well. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it, I, I was concerned coming into the season for, for not just for my club, but, but for the manager as well, to be honest. But, um, for us to have seen what we've seen this season has been not only the shock to the system, um, as I've mentioned many, many times before, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to remember Arsenal winning league titles before the start of the Premier League. And obviously during the Premier League. So um, I'm not sure, Tom, when I looked at this this, this Arsenal side um, in terms of character mentality, whether this side were even good enough to get back into Champions League football. So you can imagine from what I've seen this season, this has been a complete surprise um, in, in a good way. Um, at the start of the season, it was about consolidating the start of the season, see how Arsenal get on in the first few games of the season. Um, but then they just kept winning and winning and winning. And the defence looks even stronger than it has done for quite a number of years. If, if I go back over Arsenal defences over the years, um, the nightmares of Squalachi and Senderos have been almost forgotten, almost forgotten. Um, but Tom, it's been a pleasure to watch Arsenal, mate. I, I, I felt for a long time, personally speaking for myself, that I didn't really enjoy watching the football club. I didn't enjoy going to the games. Um, the football was watershed in it, so be careful, was rubbish. Um, and I, I was kind of struggling to think as an Arsenal fan, when are we going to compete? When when are we going to be able to go and watch our team home and away and actually enjoy the football and see some progression this side? And they, they, they've answered that and more, to be honest with you. And before I sort of finish up, um, in terms of like the, the character and the mentality, um, we, we've heard all the crime sheets from rival football fans in terms of there's only nine games gone, only 10 games gone. Arsenal haven't beat anybody yet. We haven't turned up, you know, people still getting their teams ready and assembling the strengths in their teams. And Arsenal have answered every single possible test thus far. Um, and I'm super proud of them, to be honest with you, despite what might happen um, towards um, what the climax, what happens for the end of the season. And one turning point, we went for a terrible spell. FA Cup defeat to Man City, lose to Everton, draw to Brentford, lose to Man City the day after Valentine's Day. Um, and Arsenal fans are saying, oh, here we go again. Um, the, the media were, were, had their pads of A4 paper out, pens ready. See, we knew this was coming. We knew this was coming. Seven games on the spin. Um, 
nobody can ever and should ever question the character mentality of this team and this football club from what they've seen in the last two months. Facts. Absolutely. No, well said. Um, yeah, I'll throw it to you, Bailey, because I think that it's fair for though. I mean, at the end of last season, I went through a period, you know, we were both working together last year. And at the end of that season, I felt an overwhelming sense of just, I'm just kind of, I was really fed up with the way the season ended. You know, I could appreciate all of the the surprise, the overachievement of qualifying. You're trying to qualify for the Champions League. I didn't think that's what we would do. It was just about kind of getting back into Europe, in my mind, at the beginning of the season. So with the possibility of getting into Champions League, I, I was just so gutted. And I went through kind of, I think, a real week of feeling really low and feeling in a really genuine dark place because obviously we're in the position as well, which people will say is a, a dream job while you're taking it for granted. But when you wake up and then talk Arsenal and then spend eight hours of your shift writing about Arsenal after you've just blown Champions League, it's tough. So do you think, Albert, it's, it's fair to have kind of the, the reservations maybe he did that this season would be as it was? Absolutely. I can only echo um, his points. Last season, I didn't, at the start of the season, I didn't believe we would get Champions League football, but it's the fashion, as Albert said, the way we lost the chance, the way we didn't get into the Champions League was more painful than anything. The the Spurs game away from home, uh, second to, third to last game of the season, upholding red cards, just seeing Spurs in jubilation and Arsenal uh, uh, desperate for, for, for a win at Newcastle away, which we knew wasn't going to happen. And we lose there as well without scoring a goal. And it was arguably our worst performance of the season where we didn't have like a shot on target. It was it was hard times. It was very hard times. And I think you'd have to be a madman almost to think we're suddenly going to have a title chase next season when we bottled, let's be honest, we bottled the top four qualification just a couple of months before. And yeah, I'm in the same boat as Alva. It's impossible to say that you, would, you could expect a, a, a title challenge considering uh, the disappointment of last season. And you mentioned it, TCR, working um, as as an Arsenal writer was just so difficult after after the losses and the defeats. It's impossible to think positively because you're just drowned in the negativity from social media and the fans. And you couldn't almost escape from that and look at the bigger picture and look at, you have players such as Bakayi Saka, who's only going to grow. He's arguably, in my opinion, the best winger in the world at the moment. You have players like, Gabriel Martinelli, Thomas Partey, he's, in, he's the best in his position, arguably, as well. So we did have a team that were capable of challenging for a title. It was just getting over the line. But the challenges we faced at that point of the season did bring that negative view, which I think it was impossible to, to eradicate. So, yeah, I can only echo uh, Albert's thoughts. And this season, Arteta has proved us all wrong. I think I think if, I think think if there's an Arsenal fan out there that would say they expected to challenge for a title uh, this season. Um, let me flip the script to you, Albert, on this one then. Based upon what we've seen this season, do you think that not getting Champions League last season was therefore an underachievement? Oh, good, good question, Tom. Um, not, no, because, you know, I, I'll go back to the old adage where it says that the league table doesn't lie, does it? Um, yeah. And... <laughs> Even going back the last season, to be fair, um, I, I didn't, I didn't think we'd get Champions League personally, and I was really, really. People kept asking the question, you know, towards the penultimate games of the season, are you going to get? And I'm like, I'm saying yes, but I, I don't really believe it. Um, and to, to, unfortunately, to what we saw, um, we didn't get it. So um, I, I get it in, I get it in the wider context that Arsenal were a massive, massive football club, and we took Champions League for granted that we got it every single year, or more for the amount of years 
Arsene Wenger was there. You know, you can, you can argue what we actually did in the competition is another thing, but uh, we had the consistency of going in Champions League and getting Champions League money. But um, no, I, I actually didn't expect us to get Champions League. Um, I actually did this season, funny enough, believe it or not. Um, yeah. I thought we'd just get it. Though. I, I didn't say it sticking my chest out or very confidently. I thought, you know what? The pain of the season before, Arsenal players do not want to go through that again. Mikel Arteta will be adamant that that cannot be repeated again. And I think he's done a little bit better this season, don't you think, Tom? Yeah, I I do. I think that when you consider what we did in the summer, I think that's the difference. I think it's Zinchenko. I think it's Jesus. Um, mm. You know, I think these figures coming into the team are the reason why Arsenal are where they are this season. Obviously, you know, the improvement of players as well. Saka, Gabriel, Saliba coming into the team as well. Um, ben White moving to right back and doing what he's done. Xhaka doing what he's done. Odegaard stepping up to the player that he's been. Martinelli and Saka finding a new level. Um I think all of these things combined, obviously, have led to where we are now. So, no, uh, you know, to answer my own question, no, I don't think last season is in reflection and underachievement because of what we've achieved this season. I think that we've built towards this. Bailey, your thoughts on on that? Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's you can see the the clear improvement and the and the clear building. Uh, really, as you mentioned, players like William Saliba coming into the team just really assured. The defensive line, Sinchenko and Jesus, I think more than their ability, they installed a mentality that uh, they've 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 brung from Manchester City, and that's really just I think honed the the, the weaknesses of the team which we lacked uh, uh, last season. I think that has really um, allowed us to fought the title because you've seen Sinchenko um, after every almost after every big match and the presence he has in the celebrations. I think that just says a lot about him. Jesus coming into the team just against Liverpool, you just saw the impact as soon as he was there. I think without him, we would have been, we'd have got drowned, we'd have drowned in that match. I don't think we would have uh, survived at all. So, again, it just shows the improvements and how we have have really uh, gone forwards. Absolutely. Uh, we'll stick with you, Bailey. Uh, oh, sorry, we're going to go to Albert quick because uh, yeah, he wants but, to come in on something. Yeah, so, sorry, very quickly. Um, yeah, Tom, you've heard me bang on about this for so so many, and I'll keep saying it to be honest with you. I I think with, with sections of the Arsenal fans over a sort of number of seasons, um, there seemed to be this. I'm gonna I'm gonna say snobbery um because you've highlighted some of the players already that I, I'm I'm glad to see and the stat with Mikel Arteta that um the years that he's been here, he has um there's been he's been eight Premier League players bought under his tenureship, which is the same amount as in the last eleven years. That's not a coincidence because I always say buy within the league, they're ready made, they know what it's about, you hit the ground running, Zinchenko, um What's his name? Jesus, Ben White. It's, it's no coincidence. And that's why it's a big factor why Arsenal done well this season. Yeah, no, I think good point, well, mate. Um, snobbery has always been something, you know, associated with us. We're such an entitled bunch, us <laughs> Arsenal fans. Uh, Bailey, give us your, your reflective opinion that you've changed your mind on this season. Yeah, I think this might be the epitome of snobbery. Um, let's go back to, I think TC knows what I'm going to talk about here. Let's go back to were September. Were in person when you said these words? Yeah, we were in person. We were in the <laughs> office uh, in Canary <laughs> Wolf. I'm going to take it back to September. Uh, regular watchers of the Arsenal way might remember this also. Um, yeah, it's about Gabriel Magalhaes because I think in the last few months, he has been our best player. I think I'm going to say that unfortunately I didn't think that at the start of the season and the words I did use was that he was a liability now I'm going to take accountability for this but 
I just want to say, I will take accountability, but not just me. I don't just deserve to take accountability for it. But William Saliba also deserves to take accountability for it because when he came into the side in the first couple of months, it was an absolute revelation. I think Saliba just set a bar so high that Gabriel, it was hard for him to keep up. And Saliba was just so good. But in the last few months, Gabriel has shown why he is the leader of our backline, why he is so pivotal and, and why he has arguably been more important than William Saliba, simply because Gabriel, if I'm not mistaken, he's played in every single Premier League game, played every minute or did he get taken off? Um, he has been taken off. He was taken off against uh, Palace at home, Kivio Kane. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, he's played He's played almost every minute for us and he's just sort of rock at the back. I just, I just go back to the game at Anfield again without him. Just similar to Gabriel Jesus, we would have drowned. We would have lost that game. And he's been like that for the last few weeks. He's been absolutely sensational. I was a major fan of Gabriel when he first came to the club in the 2021 season. I just, I really did love him. Then he went on a on a bit of a dip, a spiral dip, and he struggled to find form. And he started to find it again towards the end of last season. His injury kept him out, out of the most pivotal point of the season. He wasn't there for Tottenham away, of course, or um, or was that Ben White? I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he wasn't there for that game either, or for the Newcastle he, game. So one of those? I yeah, I remember he wasn't, He, I think he was there. I think it was a whole thing about him. He, we weren't sure if he was going to be fit or not, and then he kind of made it in the last moments, mm. but wasn't good because he wasn't just... Good. He wasn't, I'll have a quick chat while you're talking. But yeah, yeah. And and then at the start of the season, I know he made a couple of mistakes, which is errors leading to goals. I remember um, Leicester, it wasn't, it was Fulham, Fulham uh, the Tottenham game, of course, where he made made the mistake. But he has turned it around since then and has been our best defender. Uh, it's, it's simple to say that he's been absolutely sensational. So, uh, Gabriel, I am truly, truly sorry for calling you a liability. And it's something I've learned and I'll, yeah, regret for the rest of the rest of the season I'm rest sure. of my life yeah <laughs> um now he did play uh air, other than the first two games of the season and then the third game he wasn't in the score because he was injured which okay. I completely forgot about um he played every game he started every game but he did come off in the Spurs game and the Newcastle game because again he wasn't fully fit for those two games but still played um so yeah, that's that's why James Curry says Gabriel had the bozo gene and his improvement is getting rid of it. I I don't agree with this whole bozo gene thing. It's something that got coined, I think, on social media. I think it's one of the most disrespectful things that can be put or tagged onto any player. He's just a young centre back, and young centre backs make mistakes. Like it's part and parcel of what development is in young players. They make errors. You watch Saliba at Marseille last season. And he made a terrible mistake. I think it was against Lille. I think it might have been. Uh, actually, I think it was Leon um, that he made the mistake. I think it was uh, Ismana Den, not Ismana Dembele, uh, the other one, striker, Musa Dembele, thank you, um, ran through and scored. And Stephen made a huge error in that moment. Does he have a bozo gene? No. He's a young centre back that has made mistakes. Albert, you are muted, which I sense you want to come in on this. Uh, yes, so uh, Gabriel uh, Bailey, I'm I'm shocked Bailey. No, no, not really. I'm joking. No, um, it's it's funny, Tom. I remember his with his first season. Um, just just not no not any Arsenal fan in particular, but there was some rumblings like oh, I think he might. I don't think he's all that. And uh, I was like, you, you can't eat the carb, Dad. Like he's coming from another league. He he, he played in the. I think he played in the back three when he's at, um was it was it was it Lil was it he played for. Yeah, he played uh, in the back three. Yeah, there, yeah. yeah, played in the back three. Um, come to Arsenal. You know, obviously, you're not coming to a defence that's blessed with um, consistency, should I say. Um, new centre-back partnership. Um, 
they, I mean, this season he's been outstanding, and and I hear that I always hear the I always hear the consistent thing about him in terms of oh, he gets too he gets too touch tight, and I, I I don't know too many defenders that don't play like that. There, there's quite a few, um, and I'm going back over years of football, decades. But yeah, he's been he's been outstanding. I think leading goal scoring centre back in the Premier League last season can get the odd goal as well. Um, has been super consistent. Um, and, and to think that the money we paid for him and Saliba, Arsenal have committed daylight robbery in the transfer market, in a good way, by the way. Yeah, really. I mean, Gabriel was the first summer investment that Arteta made. Obviously, Willian came in before him. But in terms of like a transfer fee, he's the first player that, that we signed um, in that summer transfer window. Obviously, we brought in Marie and Cedric on loan in the January prior to that. But in terms of like a player we, we officially kind of signed, I think Gabriel was the... It might have been Marie on a permanent, but I'm pretty sure in terms of, you know, a starting figure in the team, he's the first guy that he went, yeah, I want to commit money to this guy and get him into the club and start him in games. And you can't say that it's not been a hugely successful. I mean, if you were to sell Gabriel now, you're looking at easily tripling arguably more yeah. of the money that we paid for him. Uh, I argue that I think he's been the best centre-back in the league this season. I also did a piece where I wrote, basically said, if, if you see at the end of this season people doing their team of the seasons and Gabriel is not in it. They've not watched him. It's as simple as that. Anyone that. who doesn't put Gabriel in their team of the season for the Premier League has just not watched the bloke. Like They just haven't because he has been, for me, the best centre-back in the league this season. I think, obviously, Man City's uh, Stones, I think Stones has been brilliant this season. Mm. I think Ake has been brilliant, but obviously he's been playing also at left-back, so arguably he could be thrown into that position. Um, I think if you're looking at left-backs, probably Ake's coming into the fold uh, for a fair few people who's been brilliant. Um, but Gabriel has to make Premier League team of the season. Has to make team of the season. For me, I think he's slightly edged ahead of Saliba for me in the course of the whole season. Yeah. Anyone disagree with that? Or No, I agree, Tom. And also, as I wish, I don't think he gets enough credit for, actually, his ability to pass the ball through the lines. His, his distribution has improved yes, like exactly. significant, significant. Yeah. If you if you ever have the opportunity, I know it's it's difficult to, but in this day and age, to be able to get to games at the moment. But seeing Gabriel live when you watch him and you can just watch him, it's it's different gravy to see him on the telly. It really yeah. is. You, I don't think when you watch him on TV, you can appreciate what he is and what he does. He covers ground so well for a player that's not necessarily blessed with loads of pace. And then when he's on the ball. It's it's really impressive, really impressive for a guy obviously of his stature as well. For a lot of centre backs, you think of like the likes of Harry Maguire, for instance. You know, don't exactly move great when on the ball. Gabriel, look. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So good um, yeah. when on the ball. So, yeah, 
Really looking forward to that. Um, I'm going to give you mine in a second. Chat box, we're also going to be going through plenty uh, of yours. Uh, so if you've got uh, a thing that you think this season, you know what? I was wrong about that. I'm going to hold my hands up to it. Throw them into the chat box. If you're listening on Catch Up, make sure you leave them in the comment section down below as well. Now, I had a few, to be honest, that I was going between. Because believe it or not, I get a few things wrong now and again. It does happen. It may shock you. Um, but I do get a few things wrong. What I think the main thing I got wrong, and I think I kept this to myself for quite a long time, um, maybe didn't talk about it as publicly as however as I was feeling it, but when Gabriel Jesus got injured, I thought we were done. <laughs> I, I thought we were done. I really did. I thought, no, I, I don't know. I don't think we can make it through the next three, four months, genuinely. Um, it's nothing to do with... Uh, it's not about slandering Eddie Nketiah. I just felt as though losing such a collaborative force who for me is the perfect number nine for Mikel Arteta's system when it found out that he was going to be out for the next three plus months for me I, I really thought the Man City were going to close the gap I really couldn't and that's why to look back on that period and to look not only to Eddie Nketiah but to Leandro Trossard as well and to appreciate what both of those players did when they came into the team has been and was brilliant. I mean, the goals that Eddie scored against Man United will go down. I think have been overlooked. In you know, we're all caught up in the you know, how fast this season's flowing, and you know, next month the season ends. That's how close to the end of the season we are. I think maybe we quickly forget some of the moments we've had. Eddie and Kerr scoring two goals against Manchester United, one of them being in the last kick of the game, effectively, is huge. A goal away at Brighton is no mean feat either, and obviously that goal against West Ham. What skill, touch, turn, and finish in that fixture. Um, and then Trossard. I mean, what what a signing in January Leandro Trossard has been to, to come in and fulfil that role. When we signed him, you know, we were all looking at Mudrik as the player, a wide player that give you pace, electricity, is exciting, new. And I think if he'd have moved to Arsenal, we would have seen a very different player than what we're seeing at Chelsea at the moment. I think the same thing about Joao Felix, who I think has been decent at Chelsea, but I think he would have been an absolutely electric player from what we've seen of him now at Arsenal. I think actually that's arguably something I can hold my hands up about as well. I didn't really didn't think Joao Felix would, would do some of the things that he's done. Um, but I look at what we have done, and when we brought in Trossard, I was like, okay, cool, nice pivot. You know, it's different, it's different age profile. And where's he going to play? Because, you know, Gabriel Martinelli's there. Is he going to get enough minutes? Is he going to be happy getting enough minutes with Gabriel Martinelli there? But I did not foresee him doing as well in the centre-forward role as what he has uh, when he came into deputise as well. And the relationship he built up with Martinelli as well, the interchange with Martinelli, you know, is akin to that of Gabriel Jesus. And I think actually the club deserves a lot of credit, as does Trossard, as does Nketiah, for that. Bailey, were you as... Uh, end of worldly as I was when Jesus got injured. Yeah, yeah, no, I was worried. I was worried because we hadn't really seen Enketia this season as well. He's in the Europa League. He wasn't really scoring in, in the Europa League too much either. So I was a bit like, oh, this is going to be thrown upon him. But again, just like last season when we kind of did rely on him after the Lacazette drama or the Lacazette came out of the team, Enketia stepped to the front and he'd done it again. Uh, this season, I think he came out of the team as well, and Jesus came back in at the perfect time. I know Enketia had the injury, of course, but his performances were starting to dip just ever so slightly. And Trossard coming in as well, as you mentioned, was just so pivotal for that. So, yeah, yeah, I was in your boat, TC. Definitely, um, I was extremely worried when I saw three months. I was like, uh, I was already worried about the post World yeah. Cup campaign. That was probably another thing I'm wrong about because. I remember I kept saying it's a gate, it's a season of two because of the um, World Cup, the post World Cup and the pre World Cup. And I thought, 
after the World Cup, you might see a bit of a dip in our performances. We did in the FA Cup, etc. But uh, we lived up to the how we did at the start of the season as well. So, yeah, I was just as worried as you, TC. I love um, in, in the chat box, Wilson's really gunning for us. Uh, first of all, we've had, uh, you should be ashamed of yourself by calling Gabriel a liability, Bailey man. This guy has been absolutely immense this season. Put some respect on his name. Bloody hell. Uh, <laughs> and then why on earth did you think that Arsenal would not survive without Jesus for three to four months, Tom? How wrong you were. Absolutely shocking. As I say, this is all about opinions and footballers, and sometimes we get the wrong. What can I say? What can I say? But Wilson's coming for us, really coming for us. Maybe uh, I don't think he's given you enough stick, Albert, to be honest. I think he should be coming for you as well. Yeah. Maybe we'll get it. Um, Albert, what do you make of the whole Gabriel Jesus thing? Yeah, you thought... This is the thing. When the World Cup, when the World Cup came about, you thought, hopefully, look, damage limitation, Arsenal players are going on international duty. There's one player you don't want to lose, yeah. And it was him. And then you heard it for the length of time he was going to be out for. So obviously Eddie gets his chance. Eddie Eddie done Eddie done all right. And um, yes, he's a striker, but you know what? Shock horror people, strikers miss chances sometimes. You know, you don't, you know, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be, you know, hung, dried, and quartered for that. I mean, yeah, listen. But Eddie came in and done a steady job. And Bailey mentioned it. Um, I think with Eddie, it kind of it got to a point where he played a number of games and after about 60 minutes, you could see physically he was done. Um, and you're thinking, well, what, what's the other options we could bring after Eddie? Because we're in a bit of trouble here, man. But listen, Leandro Trossard. Um, Tom, I remember your show, the phone-in show you done. And I couldn't believe what I was listening to. 28, we seem to be the, the bugbearer for sections of the Arsenal fan. Oh, we cannot believe we signed a 28-year-old. I said, come on. Like, this is a perfect kind of player Arsenal needed. I, listen, I would have drove to Brighton, bring him straight to Arsenal. I like him that much. He's a good player. And shock horror, Tom, um, played within the Premier League, experience. He's there, people. Just turn on your TV, you can watch him. Player within the same league. Um, and what he's done since he's come to Arsenal, was it more assist than 10 other Premier League clubs? <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, that's the question James Benj asked, wasn't yeah. it? When he got the answer from Arteta, of I have very wild dreams. Oh, that was, <laughs> that, that was priceless, Mikel. I love you if you can hear this, but no, yeah, James, uh... James has had a few bangers this season. You know, he's he asked Gabriel the Martinelli the question about just give me a pen as well. James has, has been on it this season in the press conferences, so uh, fair play to him. Um, Let's uh, let's jump into the chat box then, because uh, I know there's some people reflecting on some of the things that they uh, got wrong. Uh, first of all, so great to see you in the chat box, my friends. Oh, um, uh, good job Potts isn't on today. <laughs> oh, Dan God. Potts would be here for ages. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think he might need to do a separate show just for Potsy, uh, just so he could say all the things he's got wrong. Oh. He could do an hour just on Granite Xhaka, to be honest. Um, speaking of which, Nathan says, I've been saying to sell Granite Xhaka for years, but he's proved me wrong. Uh, Bailey, I mean, Xhaka, I, I never necessarily campaigned to sell the guy. Um, but I always felt as though maybe Arsenal could upgrade on him. And I maybe, I never, I don't think I ever thought that we would challenge for a title uh, with Granit Xhaka as our central midfielder. He's done so, so well. Yeah, yeah. No complaints about um, um, Granit Xhaka. I probably did want him out at the start of last season um, when Roma yeah. were linked. I think I thought that was time for him and the club to part ways. But again, I think everyone knows now about his comeback story as an Arsenal player. And he will go down as a great player as well after the season if we do win the Premier League. And he'll be arguably the most 
up there with the most crucial of players. He had that period where he was a scoring goal and goal, and um, he had the, I think, yeah, he was one of the players who had an incredibly important part uh, to this season. So, again, I think he's proved me wrong as well. I, from last season, from this season, I've, I've always wanted him to be in the team because I've seen a change in his in his progress and his mentality as well, which has been great. Um, yeah, and you can't really have any complaints against Granit Xhaka. Maybe on Sunday, uh, he didn't get into the little scuffle with the with the live with Trent, but except from that, he's been faultless, honestly. Uh, John says, I got it wrong by not putting £100 on Arsenal to win the league at 66-1 to 1 in pre-season. Yeah, you and me both, mate. You and me both. Amira says, quick, someone load that Buendia clip from Tom. Yeah, I may have got that wrong about Buendia and wanting him so badly. Um, the casual gamer said earlier on in the show, unpopular opinion, but if we bottle the league... Should we start thinking about looking for a manager with more experience? Uh, Albert, what do you think? I'm trying to keep a straight face on asking this question. You're on mute, mate. You're on mute. Sorry, I'm not sure they want to hear what I'm going to say. <laughs> but no, um, Tom, actually, that kind of leads on to um, the second half of your um, kind of your um, topic. Um, mm. Yeah, I think that's very, very harsh, just purely based on. Before that game on um, Sunday against Liverpool, we won seven on the spin. Um, that's not um, form of a manager should be. We should be contemplating moving on. To put it politely, yeah, enough. I, it's it's just like Arteta can't win. Like you, you know? can't. <laughs> Tom's eighth. Uh, after you know taking over from Emery, wins the FA Cup. Not good enough. Should be sacked next season. You know we're in the COVID campaign and. Uh, it, was, it wasn't a great season, you know. But again, I think there were so many reasons as to why we finished eighth that season and what went down, went down. <laughs> Sack him next season. Go above all expectation and go into a fight for a Champions League qualification places. Sack him. <laughs> Compete for a title. <laughs> Sack him. Like it, it just won't end. It will never, ever, ever end. I, I don't get it. I don't and won't ever get oh. it. Oh, dearie me. Um Keem says, Tom, I hold my hands up. I really doubt whether Mikel would bring us this close to a title. Uh, James says, hands up. I didn't think that Reese Nelson would be able to contribute this season. And when he has been called upon, he's been absolutely immense. Uh, Nathan says, I thought that we were wrong not to give Tierney more game time. And while I still slightly agree with that, I can't argue too much given to where we are in the season. Uh, Paul says, uh, I was wrong at the start of the season when I said Arsenal would be in the title race up until the end of March. We've certainly uh, extended that. Uh, and Daniel says, I was so wrong about Ben White. I thought oh, not following football gave him a low him. ceiling and that really impacted my perception of him. I now love how blunt he is and good for him for having a life, <laughs> which I think is probably one of the best comments we could have expected from this show. Um, I'm still waiting for that moment to be able to get Ben White in the mix zone because, like, you know, yeah, just being able to ask I'm him a question is a challenge that I really will relish in. I really, really will. Uh, Bailey, Ben White, you know, you called his uh, centre-back partner last season a, a liability. <laughs> <laughs> just to double down on that. Um as he Ben White's been anything but that since joining Arsenal. Oh, Ben White's been been sensational. Whether it's at centre back, whether it's at right back, he's just fulfilled his role how you'd expect him to. He's been absolutely quality, and I think he had the unfair narrative on him after that first game against Brentford of last season when Gary Neville and mm. Jamie Carragher absolutely jumped on his back over back over the back foul. Unfortunately for Ben White, and he had to kill a narrative that was not under, was not deserving. I think you can't just play on one game, and since then. 
I think that's also prevented him from getting the praise he deserves as well. I really do think that because it set the precedent for him almost. I think if that wasn't there, if his price tag wasn't as high as it was also, mm. um, I think he would be getting much more praise now. I have much more credit, of course, if he didn't have the situation with Gareth Southgate, where whatever is going on behind the scenes. I think if he was in England setup as well, that would help him. But I honestly think he's so similar to John Stones, both £50 million players, both expressive players. And I think they're hated for not being the tough tackling usual defender they usually are and being British as well. I think that's had the impact on them getting the praise they deserve. I think John Stones finally this season, uh, people are starting to to rate him. And I think Ben White has been a victim of that also. But this season, Ben White has been absolutely sensational. At right back at centre-back, he's shown his versatility. And honestly, he should be, he is our starting right back. At the start of the season, I did have my reservations. Could he last the season there? Was it just a moment of time to get Sleeper into the team? But He's shown that he's made the right back his own. And if we are going to sign a fullback, it has to be a backup to Ben Wright rather than a, um, a player who will overtake his position. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I genuinely thought when Saliba was coming back, a lot of fans, you know, and I think I, I probably was joining that thinking, you know, how is he going to get the minutes? Uh, how is he going to out-compete Saliba, who looks like, you know, a real fantastic player and has proven to be that. Um, but yeah, he is, is absolutely excelled um, in that right-back position this season up there with, I think, Kieran Trippier is between those two, I think, probably for right-back of the season. Um Adam Rose, I've got a problem with this. Uh, I was wrong about the black kit. First, I did not like it, and then I thought it was all right. But I was wrong. I don't like it as an away kit. Yellow and blue all the way. C71 and 79, the cup finals. Look, Adam, everyone's entitled to their opinion, even when they're wrong, and you're wrong. (laughs) It's as simple as that. Um, I want to read you guys as well a comment that I got. when was this comment? It was on the ninth, so three days ago. I think I was talking about the black kit because uh, the uh, the diseased zebra kit for next season uh, that looks to be our away kit, which is horrific. Like how that can be a potential title winning team's away kit, I will never know. It's Adidas. You've done really well for us, but I think you dropped the ball on this one. Um, this comment came in saying. Brace yourselves. The way, Tom, you talk about our new away kit is truly pathetic. Do you remember the initial reactions to the now iconic bruised banana kit? And although I like this season's black away kit, the way you have gone all about it and made all your followers buy into your opinion is truly dumbfounding. Talk about sheeple. Oh, by the way, who are these children who fight to be first in the comment section on your show? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of trolling comments, that is up there with one of my favourites, genuinely. Wow. I mean, people, you're getting creative now. I'm, I am very. really very much enjoying this. Very much enjoying this. Um, what do you make of this, Albert? Black Kit, where's it rate for you? Yeah, I saw something about that. Someone, I, I it might have been you, Tom, but... Um... No, it, 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 no, no, no. I'm outside the Emirates next week with my placard saying, yeah. don't, don't get rid of the black kit. Yeah. I, I must admit, it's one of the, it is one of the, it's probably the best arse away kit I've seen for years, Tom. And mm. that's nothing against the kits of, that I've, they've bought out. But um, yeah, in terms of the one I've recently seen, um, which is quite, which is quite, um, which is quite loud, should I say. Um, yeah, I, I'm not too sure that's going to work. People, people, the strong thing is, Tom, people still buy it, unbelievably. But, yeah, that's for the black kit. Let's keep it 100. That has been the best away kit I've seen for years. 
away kit I think I've ever seen. It's genuinely, yeah. I, I don't think there's a better design. Just uh, the retro feel of it, the design on the the front, the AFC uh, logoing, obviously that we now use in our raw reactions and tactical breakdowns, like that effect you have there. Like it's so nice. Like yeah, I can't rate it any any more highly. But yeah, next season, I like the home kit for next season. I think it's yeah, nice. I like it. uh, I'm never a fan of modern day kits with collars. I just don't like collars on my kits. Uh, other than the retro ones uh, back in the 90s and before. But uh, yeah, on a modern day kit, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I also don't know if you saw, I did an article about the black kit that wound up a lot of people um, because it was basically like a, a play on words about, you know, Arsenal losing an icon for next season, which people didn't appreciate the joke side of it. It was like, you've clickbaited us. And I'm like, well, it was a bit of a joke, to be fair. Um, let's go to uh, USA Gunnar says, I was wrong about my doubt that Tom would ever get Bailey back on the show. Fair play. I don't know why anyone thought I wouldn't. <laughs> we you told Bailey me, Tom. very amicably, you know, we uh, we still remain very good friends. <laughs> no words, no Not words. Needed. Um, <laughs> let's uh, jump to let's talk Arsenal. He says, I was wrong about Zinchenko, I wasn't expecting Zinchenko to have the same effect as he's had to be our technical security on the ball and making the most of the number of touches and passes in plenty of games. Do you think that Zinchenko surprised people, Bailey, this season, or do you think he was going to be this good? No, I, I think he was going to be this good, uh, honestly. Maybe defensively he might have surprised people, but we knew what we was getting when we was going to sign him. He was always going to be <clears throat> a left-back. We only had Tierney as the left-back. Maybe people would have thought he might not have started straight away. He might not have been our starting left-back, but when he came onto the field, you know that is what he offers as a full-back. I don't think as a full-back he's going to be uh, up and down, up and down the wing. He's going to come in into that more inverted role and play as a another midfielder, would you like? So uh, I wouldn't say he surprised me. I think he's done very well and I've seen what he could do at City and I, what he was doing at City. So I think he's done in, done his job and done exceptionally well and has improved Arsenal. So I wouldn't say surprised. I think I'd say he's he's impressed. Yeah, I, I think that I was expecting him to come in and, and be good. Um, I I think I have been surprised about what he's done to that role for us. You know, I'd, I'd watched him at City, but I didn't foresee this level of invertedness of when he played. I didn't think he would act as another midfielder. I didn't think we would play that way. And, you know, we really have. And and he has been absolutely brilliant since uh, since moving in. Uh, Marcus says, I was wrong. I thought Tom would behave in the Villa press box. <laughs> I did behave. It was nothing to do with me, I swear. Nothing to do with what went down in the Villa press box. Um, Sean says, we should start a petition to save the black kit for next season. We need to see it in the Champions League. Um you know, I can just see if that, you know, someone would make that as a joke. Can you imagine the backlash that we get from some fans saying, you're so sad doing, you know, <laughs> petition. We care. We care about saving our kit. And uh, it's it's certainly worth saving. Um, we are going to round things up uh, there. Thank you so much, guys, to everybody that's tuned in to the last 40 minutes of today's show. We very much appreciate it. If you could drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new. Bailey, thank you so much, mate, for your time, as always. Tell people where they can find you and what you're going to be up to. Thank you, TC, as always, for bringing me on. It's always a pleasure. Um, guys, if you want to see more of me, you can find me on the at is there, your boys uh, OFCL on Twitter or YBOFCL on TikTok and your boys on YouTube, where I do um, more Premier League content, European football content, uh, other sports such as Formula One, NBA, the playoffs are coming up. So we'll be speaking heavily about that. So if you want to find me over there, then find me on your boys. Hopefully, as well, we can get TC on a show uh, soon, but we'll speak about that, but hopefully, yeah. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks for bringing me on TC. Pleasure.
Uh, and Albert, absolute pleasure to speak with you always, my friends. Uh, just a glimpse behind the curtain. Albert sends the best voice notes on WhatsApp. <laughs> um, I always appreciate getting a little update from him now and again. Just out of the blue. I, I make sure to play them when G's in the room as well, because she's like, is that Albert again? Just going, yes, Tom. <laughs> the thanks oh. are coming on, my friend. Tell people where they can find you, what you're going to be up to. No, Tom, I appreciate it. I love sending you voice notes. Nicolau, send me where the answers. But yeah, there's loads of people have voice notes. But Tom, I'm, I'm glad you appreciate it. I love that. Um, send you where the answers. You're, what you've just done there is said that Harry just blanks you sometimes. <laughs> he you. He's a busy, but I love Harry. He's got a strong beard game as well, man. I love Harry. But um, no, Tom, thank you for having me on. Um, love coming on your show, man. Uh, keep doing the amazing things you're doing. Keep doing, keep doing the YouTube shorts, man. Love them. Love them. But um, Yes, Albert JT, we have my own channel, people. Um, my Twitter handle is there and Instagram handle is there. I do other content called Weekly Surgery and Life Stories, which is which is which is my two babies, should I say. Got some special guests coming up. Um, he's very, very busy, but he did say he'll come on. But um, yeah, looking forward to it. Absolutely. Uh, make sure you go and subscribe to both channels. Uh, certainly worth your time and your investment if you can uh, tune into them. So yeah, there you go. Uh, recommendations. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8am. Tomorrow evening, we'll have our preview for the West Ham United game. And then Friday, fingers crossed, we'll have Deludu Guna onto the channel in the evening as well for another good chat about Arsenal also. So lots to come. Uh, lots of, of football to be played. Of course, tonight we're hoping for a Real Madrid battering of Chelsea because Todd Bowley thinks they're going to win 3-0. <laughs> That's going to be fun. <laughs> That's going to be fun. Uh, very much looking forward to it. Uh, but yeah, fantastic stuff. We'll see you soon. Have a great evening if you haven't done so already. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mother's Day is just around the corner and it's time to pamper the special moms in your life. In what better way than with Osea's limited edition skincare sets featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited-edition sets, perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their Golden Glow Body Set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for silky, smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow and Go Facial Set has everything she needs to achieve spa-level results at home. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. For a limited time, you can save up to $48 on Osea's sets, plus get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. Pamper the moms in your life and get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code MOM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.